This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. It's Nick Wilson, Spencer German here. It is time for Sons of the Shoe, the Michigan postgame edition. And we've already got the comments rolling in, which we'll get to, but you can submit your comments on here. Or at Nick Wilson says, or at Spencito underscore on Twitter. And it is an Ohio State loss, 34 to 20. And listen, whether you want to go ahead and say this is on Ryan Day because he's the guy that handpicked Kyle McCord, whether you wanted to pick, um, whether you wanted to pick this and put this on Ryan Day because I don't know, he chose to go for three, which ended up. Uh, going wide left at the end of the first half with 45 seconds to go and tick down 42. Whatever it is, today is on Ryan Day, and considering that you had multiple chances to take this game or at least swing the balance of power in your favor, what an inc- it was a great game. It should be said it was an all-time game, but an, a couple all-time boners by Ryan Day in this one. Yeah, um, I, th- I mean, we got to start with that harsh reality of that conversation, unfortunately. First of all, I do want to toot my own horn here for a second because I almost just about nailed the score prediction. I, th- I think I said I said 31-24 and the final – 31-27 and the final score was 30-24. to 20, 24. I was close. I was very, pick very your, close. Pick your spots. I don't think this is the right time. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the comments is going to be like, ah, good for you, buddy. This Woo, is the right. – Listen, I'm trying to get the positive in early because I know the rest of the show is just going to be a Ryan Day roast fest. So, uh, no, I, I, I'm I, honestly, Nick, I'm at a place right now with Ryan Day where if they decided to move on from him, I would be okay with it. But I'm also not sure it's going to happen in reality because, again, there's – it's, it's the context of it. That That's the thing that's on my mind is the context of the situation where you got Gene Smith leaving and you got all these other factors built in. The fact that he kept it closer than last year. Like, 
I think all these things are going to weigh on whether or not they move on from Ryan Day, and I think realistically they probably don't. But if Texas A&M, if, if he were to take the Texas A&M job and that would be a thing that happened, I don't know, like, it, you know, it's funny I'm going to use this comparison because there was times throughout the day where you could have pulled like a Scooby-Doo, rip off Ryan Day's mask, and it was actually James Franklin on the sideline coaching because <laughs> I was like, there was moments, Nick, where I was thinking about having this conversation with you, and I was like, dude, is that James Franklin who's puckered up on the sideline coaching this team, or is that Ryan Day? Because Ryan Day last year, after the Michigan game, promised going into the Georgia game, you know what, I'm not going to coach conservatively anymore. And then what did he do? He coached conservatively, conservatively, mostly in the first half, mostly at the end of the half in that sequence where he set up for a field goal. Absolutely ridiculous that he reverted back to his old ways. And then in the end, like, yeah, the second half was better. And I actually tip of my cap to him a little bit because some of those drives that they scored touchdowns on in that game in the second half, great play calling. He drew it up perfectly. And I can't put it fully on him in that half, especially not the last drive when Combo Court throws an interception. That's not his fault. but. Man, there were moments where it felt like I was watching a Penn State game because it just felt like big moment, and he he puckered up, and he and he lost his mojo, and he just didn't have it in those key situations, and that's where they lose this game partially. I I if if Texas A&M were to call up and they were to say, hey, we're gonna we want Ryan Day, we're gonna give you this much money, and he comes to the table, I say James Franklin because James Franklin's the one who floated out that he had interest from all these other jobs, and that's how he got an extension at, at Penn State. If they if if that were to happen. And he would be like, hey, Texas A&M wants me. You guys going to pay up? I might let him walk if I'm Ohio State. I don't know that I would just be like, yeah, we're going to give you an extension because of this. Like, maybe he stays just on the current contract he's on, but I don't know that he's getting any more money just because Texas A&M might come calling. Listen, I, I think it's I think there are two separate conversations. I think there is the greater body of work of Ryan Day and whether that it deserves firing or allowing him to go to AM. And I think it's specific on this game because the reality is you let 10 point, there's a 10 point swing in this game, right? And actually more than 10 points if you look at it. One, um, my, uh, Kyle McCord's interception, your hand-picked quarterback, he uh, throws the interception early in the first quarter. That gives momentum to Michigan and really allows Michigan to dictate most of the first half because of that. And then to me, the bigger issue is the absolute nutlessness at the end of the first half yeah, where you've got, you got 45 seconds to go. It's fourth and short. And listen, I understand the fear here is Michigan had two timeouts and you're, you're kind of uh, close to midfield. So if you don't get it, man, all of a sudden that they might be able to go ahead and, and put points on the board there, or at least make you sweat a lot there. But see, that's the problem. That right there is the fear-based thinking that Ryan Day, and it happened. It was the same thing that happened in the the um, first round of the playoffs against Georgia. And in that moment, you're already in the deficit, like like I think you're already behind the eight ball because your quarterback, who you hand selected, threw the interception, which gave Michigan the ball, like at the doorstep to the end zone, and put them on the friggin' board. And you've got 45 seconds. And by the way. You had three minutes and 23 seconds on the clock when that drive started and you farted around and you took your sweet ass time. Like, what are you doing? Where's the sense of urgency? And, and you're not, you're not playing real quick. You're not playing fucking Rutgers. Okay. You're not playing Wisconsin. You're playing Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And he played in that moment. He played not to lose. And here's the problem with it. At no point is a college kicker and fielding has given you some good moments this year. He's also had a couple boners this year. So, like, 
At no point is this kid automatic from that far, and you just go, ah, well, I don't want to go ahead and take the risk on fourth and short when your team, when you've lollygagged to that point in the field, when your team actually looked like they were on the cusp of making a play. And so to then take the three, Michigan ices your kicker, and then BT dubs, your kicker goes out, would have made it on the first one, by the way. Then on the second one, the kicker misses it. That to me is just, what the hell are you thinking? How can you in this yeah. game? And Ryan Day, here's the biggest problem. Ryan Day says things during the week and then does the opposite on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And what he said this week, oh, we got to be aggressive. We got to be aggressive. We got to be aggressive. Zero aggressiveness in that moment. That's a moment where you can go into, even if you, listen, you're not guaranteed to get a touchdown from there. I understand that. One, you could have had a much easier path to three points if you speed up. Well, that, that's, actually- that's the key. That's the key for me is like when he, when I noticed, when I realized what he was doing in that moment where it was like, oh, we're not going to, we're going to let the clock wind down and we're going to take the field goal. I, I, I tried to like scramble to look up like, cause they, I, I, they hadn't talked about it quite yet on the broadcast that we're going to get to it. So I was like, what is fielding's like career long? Because I was like, you're at the 34-yard line. It's not like you were at like the, the 15 or the 20, and it was like, okay, which then you would have tr- probably tried to take a couple shots at the end zone anyway. But to settle for a field goal from 34 yards, you don't have fucking Justin Tucker out there. Like, it's a college kicker. You're, you're 100% you right You don't even have Billy Cundiff. Right, that, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I that was the thing that blew my mind about that whole sequence was like, I guess I understood having the confidence in your kicker and being like, hey, We'll take the three and go into the half down one point. Okay, I don't hate that and at face value if you're a little bit closer, but it's the conservativeness given the position that you were in. They had dictated the entire first half. You had a shot to maybe get yourself a little bit closer, and instead of going for it on fourth down or whatever, or maybe being calling it a different play on third down to get yourself in a, in a, in a, get yourself the first down, you decide, you know what, we're just going to settle for a 52-yard field goal try. Like I, that, that blows my, my mind. I have no idea what he was thinking there. It's going to be the thing that we look back on the most. And and because I, I, I want to give some credit to him in the second half, because even with his team trailing, even with that blunder in the first half, yes, the second half, I thought he called his balls off on, uh, the, from a play calling standpoint. Like he did a great job of putting his team in position other than the one drive that was a three and out. The other drives around that one were great. They were great drives. And the the, the last drive had the makings of being a historic moment in this rivalry before Kyle McCord goes and, and and farts and lets out a big old fart and just throws an interception. But I, I don't, I don't like when you, now that we have the context of how the game played out, you're right. Like you be more aggressive in that situation. Who knows how that thing works out. And it's a completely different ball game given that you, you either get the three points because you're a little bit closer if you're more aggressive or at the very least, or, or heck, maybe you get a touchdown and then you actually go into the half of the lead. I, I, I can't explain it. And that's one of those moments, like I said, where I was sitting there saying, is this Ryan Day or is this actually James Franklin? I had no fucking idea. Well, Radu on Twitter brings up a great point. The only reason they had the one timeout at the end of the first half is Ryan Day wasted two earlier in the first yeah. uh, the first half. And it was just like, you know, it's in this game, it is the little things, right? Like, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought Sharon Moore didn't call a perfect game today either, despite the fact he had a lead for pretty much the whole damn day. Or, or at least was tied the whole damn day. Like when I wondered if seven. I wondered if Jim Harbaugh on that last drive for them, I wondered if Jim would have gone for it there, like just to try to ice the game, put it away. 
when they had the fourth down and they set this, they got, when they went for the field goal. They were up seven. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like you had, and it was at the start of the, the, uh, the fourth quarter, you had that great over the top. I'm I'm talking about the last drive of the game for them where they kicked the field goal to go up six. I I was thinking like, Oh, maybe they would actually go for, I thought they might put it in JJ McCarthy's hands and just be like, Hey, we're going to run like some sort of option play and give you a chance to just ice the game here. I thought I was wondering if what Jim Harbaugh would have done there too. But yeah, both well, but those I think, downs. But real quick, I, for the reason why I pointed out the beginning of the fourth quarter for Sharon Moore is you just made that huge play with Edwards on the trick play to get down to the Ohio State 20, and you've got the seven-point lead, and they went run, short run, short run, and then that stupid screen pass on, I think, third yeah, and five yeah. that had no place in that game. And it's like, I really thought, like, okay, they gave you a moment. Like, there were two moments to me that, that in the second half, the other team gave um, – sorry, one team gave the other team a, a chance to, to, to get back into it. And uh, to me, it was not being able to respond to the Blake Corum touchdown that really killed you late in the third quarter. Yeah. I thought you really gave Michigan a chance there. And n- that's not necessarily on Ryan Day. Like, if I remember correctly, that's the Emeka Abuka drop, which Kyle McCord led that kid into just ridiculous hit, which is great yeah. job out of Kyle McCord well, there. It was, it was a good throw in the right read, but he needed to throw it sooner. Like that was the problem. He threw it too late. He kind yes. of floated up there, and then he just got a, a buka killed. It was ridiculous. Well, but that's but right there. Like this was always the catch twenty two all year. It was okay. The first catch twenty two is your offensive line isn't very good, and you've got a a quarterback that's not mobile. So that was the first catch twenty two. And over the course of the year, it became this push and pull of because you weren't getting fast enough starts, you weren't really able to take any risks with McCord and build any trust, and you saw. That that push and pull of a tight ass coach and a kid that he didn't really have confidence in, and a kid that, in fairness, did not have a lot of confidence in himself early in that game. And you saw that push and pull early. And I'll be honest with you, I think some people are going to frame because statistically, the second half, Kyle McCord was a better quarterback. Or sorry, after what was it, the first 10 throws, he was a better, I think he went four for 10. And then after his 11th throw on, the the accuracy looks good it because he completed the right amount of passes no he had the interception that was dropped that uh, i can't remember the ohio ohio state defender that knocked the ball out of mccord's hand or out of the uh, the michigan defender um so he got lucky there and like i'll be I honest i think it was stover i think it was stover it was stover you're correct i'll be honest the least objectionable throw or the least objectionable turnover type throw mccord made was the one at the end of the game because his arm got hit. Yeah. Like, like I, we can say, well, he underthrew it. No, no, no. His arm got hit. Like, that happens to every great quarterback as well. It just happened that it was your last throw of the game. And it was actually a good read. If you want, uh, they showed the back angle and he was going for Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison kind of broke open on a, on a post and he mm-hmm. just had cleared. He probably needed to throw it a little bit sooner anyway, but he obviously was under pressure, but he had just cleared the, the underneath defender. And so I mm-hmm. like where he was doing with it, but yeah, he just got hit and he like whatever. I mean, and, and here's the other thing: the first throw, the first interception of the game. Well, the, I guess the only interception of the game in the end. Oh well, no, I guess it was the second one later. But yeah. um, the first interception that like that was one of those like what the hell are you thinking moments from a court because the yeah. defender was draped all over. Right here. Yeah. He was yeah. draped all over Marvin Harrison, and it was yep. and and that was like Joel Clapp brought it up on the broadcast, and it's what we've been saying on this show all season, Nick. The guy can't read a defense. 
the yep. guy like he kept saying, yeah, he's a one read type of quarterback. And when everything's there on the first read, everything's great. But when mm -hmm. he has to go through his progressions, it doesn't go well for him. And Michigan made him go through his progressions and it ended disastrously. Like that, that was the, the most egregious part of his game all season. It showed up today. And I do think as we had the conversation about who's holding back who, I think Ryan Day was 100% held back by Kyle McCord. Now that doesn't excuse Ryan Day for the mistakes that he's made and not being aggressive because at the end of the day, no matter who you have at quarterback, this is, this is it. Like this is your season is on the line in this game and you either got to be aggressive and you got to go for it. Like you kept saying you're going to fucking do, or you're going to lose. And what happened? He didn't go for it. He lost like th that's, that's what this game comes down to are those two things. The fact that Ryan day kept saying like at, at some point you can't, a, a zebra can't change its stripes, right? Ryan Day can sit there and say, I'm going to be more aggressive. I'm going to be more aggressive. You thought maybe he had seen the light after last year and based on what he showed you against Georgia in the playoff last year. Okay, well, guess what? You came out and you did the same ding again this year against Michigan. You peed down your leg. You didn't go for it when you had the moments to go for it. And here you are sitting again with another loss. You're one and three. And one of, and now one of your losses is not actually against Jim Harbaugh. It's against Sharon Moore. And people are well, going to judge based off of that. Real quick. Um, cause I, cause I want to get to the Cooper thing as well. And I want to get to the McCord thing. Um, Ryan day is the guy that brought McCord in and, and let this job come down to Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. So, uh, like I, 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 it's crocodile tears when we say, well, I mean, Ryan day got let down by his quarterback. It's like, okay, I think we're all smart enough to know how college football works right now. And I guarantee you, if I throw out, hey, what guy would you have wanted from the portal? Uh, coming off, you knew you were losing C.J. Stroud to the NFL draft. Well, so it was no, there was no like, no like, oh gosh, what happened? Like, and, and Ohio State time and time again has done things out of the best interest, right? Like they, uh, they, they, they went with Dwayne Haskins and that forced them to lose Joe Burrow, right? They, um, I can't remember, was it, I can't remember who the quarterback was that they had the, the high profile kid. Was it Emory Jones? And then they went out and got uh, Justin Fields because he mm. was the better quarterback. So yeah. like Ryan day. And then obviously by extension, urban Meyer had done a great job of staying ahead of this. And this kid doesn't look like the quarterback of Ohio no. state. Well, and, and I want like to back of Pitt or Boston college yeah or maybe even a real plucky 10-win ACC team. Or maybe, gosh, he would be a heck of a quarterback for Wisconsin. But, like, in this offense, when you start to look at it, Ryan Day really hedged this whole this, – this season. When I say this season, I mean this game. He hedged it on, by the time we're ready to play Michigan, he'll be ready or he might be ready. And, unfortunately, every negative trait – that we saw this year with a kid holding on to the ball too long. That one read thing you mentioned, the inability to move around, getting really, really, really happy feet when he felt yeah. any modicum of pressure. Every one of those things, we called it out at the time. We're like, this is the one that scares you. Well, it, okay, it's good enough to beat Purdue. It's good enough to beat Wisconsin. So, like, in the end, guys, this isn't about McCord. And I just, I hate hitting a kid who clearly plays real hard and seems like a good kid. But it didn't have to come down to Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. And so this is where I, this I, is I, back to the institutional failure yeah. of you knew who you had in McCord. It was and by the way, you could have done it after the, the spring game because everybody came away from spring practice and spring game being like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This Kyle well, McCord I, I wanna, guy's I, a perfect option. I want to be clear too, because I have generally given Ryan Day the benefit of the doubt when it comes to quarterbacks, because since he's been here. 
It has been a, I mean, it has been just a, uh, Ohio State's been basically a quarterback goldmine for mm-hmm. NFL prospects. I mean, they've sent Justin Fields to the NFL. He's been a starter. Um, Dwayne Haskins obviously wasn't, obviously rest in peace to him, but he wasn't a great NFL quarterback, but he still got drafted pretty highly and was a, considered a, pros, a a good player at the time. And then you have C.J. Stroud, who's tearing it up in the NFL right now. So I think he's generally hit on these guys. And so I kind of put my trust that that was one area where I did trust him. Like I was like, I trust Ryan day to get the most out of his quarterbacks and develop quarterbacks. That's what he's been brought here to do. It was what he did under urban Meyer. And it's what he's continued to do since he left. So I kind of was trusting him on that with McCord. Clearly we saw that wasn't the case. I also will say, and this does kind of fall, this falls in the organization and, and Ryan day at the head of it, at the end of it. But, and I brought this up to you. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but like when you think back to how this was supposed to play out, this was supposed to be a Quinn Ewers led team. Like mm-hmm. the plan was the succession plan was CJ Stroud. You go to Quinn Ewers and it obviously didn't work out that way because Quinn Ewers got the bag and then was like, all right, I'm going back to Texas. And I don't know, like we'll never know the full story on how that all fell apart. Like whether it was just Quinn Ewers going somewhere high profile first and trying to get money. And then, and part of it too, was that he enrolled early. He let, he was one of those guys who left high school, like after his senior season of, of, or not, I think during his senior season and just came straight to Ohio state. Um, and then, or no, I think he left after his junior season was done, mm-hmm. started in the spring or late summer and then started at Ohio state and basically skipped a senior season. Um, and like, so I think that sort of expedited the timeline because in theory he would have been coming that next year. CJ Stroud would have been starting his second year. And then that would have bridged, that would have paved the way for yours to take over now coming into the season, well, but, but it like, didn't happen that like- way. Real quick though, but that happens all the time in college football now. Yeah, well, right, like has- everybody has an heir apparent now that uh, not yeah. everybody, but good a lot of the great schools have an heir apparent. And like, I'll be honest with you guys, if we had said if we go back to week two and we say who would you rather have, Kyle McCord or Jalen Milrow, we're probably saying Kyle McCord at the time because Milrow didn't look like he could pass. But what did you see across the rest of the season? You saw development. And you should be able to ascertain when you've had a quarterback in your program for as long as Cal McCord has been here, whether this kid is just who he is or whether there's development there. And I'm not saying the kid can't develop further because that's not the point. The point is today's game. He was not the right quarterback. He's the right guys. And I hate to do this because it's, it's not him. It's Ryan day. Ryan day's decision led to Kyle McCord lead losing this game. And that's what's frustrating. You put a kid who was not ready for the moment in that game. And sure, a year from now, if he's better, everyone's going to say, oh, he needed that Michigan loss. Okay, but Ohio State didn't. And you didn't have to take this loss because what I thought the rest of the game proved outside of the two gigantic boners by Kyle McCord is that Ohio State was every bit as good as Michigan in every other facet. And that's what's frustrating. Everyone keeps saying – everyone played their uh, ass off today. And real quick, I will say, uh, to sort of put a bow on my Quinn Ewers-Kyle McCord conversation, part of that with him leaving the school and not having that air apparent, where I think the blame goes to to Ryan Day, to your point, is – yeah, you ended up sticking with Makai McCord when you could have gone somewhere else and looked for a better quarterback. You could have gone – like, the transfer portal is a thing now. Some schools are embracing it. Some schools aren't. Some schools are like, hey, yeah, it's like free agency. I'm just going to go pluck guys and bring them in. It is kind. Of, it has kind of become a bad thing in some regards because I'm sure there's a lot of kids who get promised things that aren't don't end up being true. But, like, this is the new way of college football. If you're not going to embrace that – 
that's not a new thing in in college. <laughs> true, right? Where, but I'm, but kids, I'm saying, but I'm college, saying, these, like these recruits are yes. promised things that don't come true. No, 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 that's, that's very actually fair. been happened before NIL or the transfer. Portal, <laughs> that's very fair. Just in but case anybody needed a, a slight reminder on that that's, one. Out that's there. very fair. But like, I I feel like with the transfer portal, it, it can be it can be difficult because I'm sure they get told by people, hey we want you at our school or, Oh, Hey, we're going to give you this. And then they enter the portal and then they end up in like a worse situation. Like you don't know, but any, but, but my point, the point remains, that was where I think maybe there's a blunder by Ryan day is like, okay, you didn't Quinn Ewers left and your, your heir apparent to CJ Stroud was, we're just going to stick with McCord and we're going to be good. So that's where like, okay, you had other avenues and you didn't take those. And that's maybe where yeah you sit there and you blame the quarterback situation fully on him. And I will say to again, um you're right like this this game proved everyone keeps saying that michigan was the more physical team i actually thought ohio state played just as physical as michigan today their defense was still very good they 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 banked on not giving up the big play and i just think it was like a few moments here or there where michigan did out physical ohio state or they made just a couple extra plays or they weren't as conservative as ryan day was and that was the difference in the game i mean we saw that play out wholeheartedly and kind of what you said there, I think is really interesting. I thought I thought a turning point in this game could have been the what was that the first the first drive first after drive of Michigan, the second half the first drive of the second half after Michigan um, had to had to settle for three points. I wrote and this we, down. I'm 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 on the same point as you with this. I think they ran the ball and, eight straight times. Yes, and to me, what you saw was Ohio State, especially behind that offensive line, and it wasn't just Travion. It was uh, Chip Trainum as well. And it was just physicality, physicality, physicality. And it felt like that could have been a moment where, and I get it, you're pressed for time, you know, trying to to sustain that. But, like, you had the edge. And I thought you became the more physical team. I thought it was punch for punch until then. With maybe Michigan having a slight lead, not because of the actual slight lead that they had. But you had that moment, and then it just felt like the rest of the game was, okay, well, we did that thing. And then unfortunately, because you didn't take the time yourself and because that that drive after the quorum touchdown was kind of like a wet fart, it just kind of came and went and just everybody looked around awkwardly. Then that put Michigan in a position where they could just hammer time away, time and time. And then they were the one that got to instill physicality last. And I think it's shown time and time again, this rivalry, whomever really gets to make that physical statement last tends to win even if they don't have the ball last. And I just think that in this kind of game, you know, I I thought the team was rallying behind that. And instead, obviously, you score, um, the quorum touchdown happens, Zinter injury happens, and then it just felt like it was back to kind of, well, is Abuka open? Or can we throw him open? Or, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. needs a big score here. And Marvin had a great game for, what, five catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. Like, it just... Like, on one hand, I can see saying to yourself, that was a hell of a game. They, it was punch for punch. Maybe they still get into the playoffs. Like, there are a lot of, if this was the first loss to Michigan versus the third straight loss, I don't think I'd be as mad. But in this game, Ryan Day has to go into this game feeling the pressure of those last two losses. And instead, he's sitting there looking like Deputy uh, deputy Droopy Dog on the, on the sidelines of just kind of a blank face and doesn't look to be in any way, you know, processing that, you know, the minutes are scarce in this game. The moments are scarce in Michigan had a lot of really good breaks early. Some of it because your quarterback wasn't ready for the moment. Also your problem. And then 
in the second half, you had to take the game. And, and by the way, that second half really begins with that last drive of the first half. And if you were going to win this game, you had to take it. The guys were ready. You could see the fight in this Buckeyes team. Oh, and I maybe mean, maybe you got to give a little credit to Ryan Day for that. But you you saw the yeah. fight. They were ready to take the game. Ryan Day and Kyle McCord were not. And that's the difference. I think the narrative that we talked about a lot this year where this team was like the whole like battle-tested thing and then Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz after the Notre Dame game and all that, like not being tough and all these things. I think that was on full display today. I, I give Kyle McCord credit for something. No matter how many mistakes he's made this season, no matter how many times things were like backs against the wall for him in the offense or whatever, he's always, aside from today, they've always found a way out of it. And they didn't, like, there's been, there's been years, like the past couple years, Nick, you would see Michigan would get a big, a bit got one of those big play touchdowns. And then mm-hmm. it just unraveled on Ohio State. Like, like things just completely fell apart. And it was like, oh man, like what is going on? This team just quit. This year, that was not the case. Like that whole narrative about they were tough, they were mentally ready. I think we saw that on full display today. Again, I, I'm with you that I think some of that probably some credit does belong to Ryan Day for that. Um, and I do think Kyle McCord deserves a little bit of credit for that as well, because he kept the offense composed. And even when they were trailing by double digits, he found a way to dig them out of the hole a couple times make that a one-score game late, and, hey, the difference is he gets pressured. We don't get to see how that last drive ends. But, it, I, I mean, I, I went into that last drive, and after the after the Fleming catch, um, which, by the way, can we give some credit to the refs? I, I know refs don't get a lot of credit, but I want to give some credit to the refs because as much as I thought the touchdown uh, Michigan had in the first half that looked like it was almost an interception, um, I I – as much as I thought that should have been maybe reversed or changed or could have been, they consistently called the kept the holding, getting the ball and getting a couple feet down. And then if the ball comes out like three different times, those types of plays happen and they called it all consistently. So as long as they're so calling it consistently, I can live with that. So I'll give the rest credit for that. But yeah, I, I think there was moments in this game where you saw the composure was there for this team. And I think that was at least something you can, I guess, be proud of as Ohio state fans that they didn't quit in this game. Like we've seen in previous years, but obviously it's not going to make you feel any better about the end result. What I can tell you about the referees are um, the only thing college referees can't do well is spot a football. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, they oh, were, we're going to give you three yards here. We're going to They drop, were bad. Drop, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and uh, they also take three yards the, away. They also missed an OPI on that key third down on Michigan's yeah, last drive. That, that actually is probably the best gripe you can have. But again, like – to me, I thought I thought any missed calls were equally atrocious. There was a, I want to say a holding call on was it was it that touchdown drive? There was a holding call against Ohio State that wasn't even looked at. They didn't even call it that I thought should have been called. So I do want to, you know what? We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but I do want to get to the um, the touchdown that was or wasn't it. And whether it should have been reversed to a, a Denzel Burke INT, that's next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys, we are back. So here's the thing. I, I, as the ardent Ohio State fan, I will tell you, <laughs> I think that it was a touchdown. We're talking about the the, the touchdown where Denzel Burke had great uh, great um, positioning on the receiver, and then in the end zone came away with the ball. I I one I watched the replay, the slow mo replay, play about ten times, and I legitimately couldn't tell, like whether it truly was or wasn't, but. I the when I when we got the wire cam, it did look like he crossed over the threshold with the ball before the the ball changed hands. So I I I don't know where you felt you were on that one, but once I saw the wire cam, I really do think it was a touchdown for Michigan, as much as it pains me to say. Yeah, I mean it's always hard when you're looking at that stuff in slow mo. Anyway, like we always, you know, that's always a gripe with people is when you slow everything down, you can have you can complain about anything being what it really was called in the field. Um, I, I think at the time I kind of felt like it could, like, it was one of those things where it could have gone either way, I think. And mm. the t- call on the field was a touchdown. So you're hard pressed to overturn it in that moment, especially like in a game of this magnitude, you called it a touchdown. It was so, so close. I don't like, I, I like, there's going to be a lot of things people look back on this game and gripe about. That's pretty low on the list for me. Like that's maybe the best way I can put it is like, yeah, could it have maybe been called an interception and he didn't have total control? Sure. I like, I, I guess Ohio state fans have a point there, but I I'm not sitting here today at, or at the end of this game, looking back, like, well, that was, that was it. That's, that's why they lost this game. Like, no, there's a bunch of other things that I'm griping about way, way more than that. And I think the fact, like I mentioned last segment, the fact that they called that consistently throughout the game, softens the blow of that as well. And Ohio State kind of got it one in their favor, obviously on the last drive where you were trying to set yourself up to go down and score with the Julian Fleming one. Because if he – that could have probably gone either way too. It was pretty close, but he did take the two steps. And I think it was a very similar situation there. So I, I, I'm i not mad about it as much as maybe some people might be. So two other people that I think um, – people that, that I do think just didn't have the best days at the office. I don't want to say cost the game because, again, I think this loss is on Ryan Day. And it, the margins were so slim in this. Uh, I don't care. You lost for the third straight time, and you had opportunities to win this game, and you didn't. Now that being said, uh, Jesse Murko had an awful day at the 
at the office um, where it just felt like every other punt or not every other punt, every punt early in the game set yeah, Michigan up in, in the perfect field position. And I also think like Emeka Abuka, there was the, uh, what was it the first drive where he had the first down to the 40 and just dropped it. And then I, I tend to think it was on Kyle McCord um, the throw over the top in the second half where uh, Abuka got hit. I, I think Kyle McCord put him in an awful situation at the same time, in that in this game, you can't have two drops. You have to come down with that one. Your your hand, your hands were were on it. You you come down with that, and all of a sudden we forget about that first drop. Yeah, I mean that's one of those. It's that's always going to be one of those ones. Where I'm sure the receiver is going to say, "I should have caught it." But I do think you're right that that Ryan, that I almost said Ryan Day. We're just we we just want to blame Ryan Day for everything at this point. Uh, where McCord obviously left him out to dry. Um, that that's one of those things like Tom Brady talks about that a lot where actually I think he talked about it this week when he was you know bitching about how the NFL is not the same anymore and how back in my day doing like a back in my day type moment there um, where he said you know I I knew when Ray Lewis was over the middle on defense I couldn't throw I had to throw it to a certain spot to a receiver so he didn't get absolutely murdered and that's basically what Kyle McCord did he let he let Ibuka get murdered by throwing Mm -hmm. it where he threw it so and I said it earlier like that was he threw it too late he was open on the seam route. Yeah. A guy like CJ Stroud recognizes, okay, he's going to break free here and I'm going to drop it in before the safety gets there, but he threw it too late. And that's, again, you talk about it being a game of inches. Those are the moments where it is. And when McCord's not able to make those plays or those throws for you, that ultimately ends up being a difference in a game. So yeah, I, 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 I you know, I, I don't want to harp on certain people, but I, I think people. it wasn't a great day for either of those guys as well. I agree. Um, and I do think too, I don't because listen, Jim Knowles' night and day performance from last year to this year with his defense. And you could tell all season their big focus was we're not they, they keep Josh Proctor sort of back as a as a center fielder where they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we're not gonna get beat on the big plays this year. And they didn't give up a lot of big plays in this game today. There was a couple bigger hitter, big hitter ones with the what was the tight end's name from Michigan? I forget it off the top of my head, but I, I guy, can't, but that kid's a unit. Yeah, Good I mean, God. well, and and they talked about it on the broadcast, like Joel Klatt said, in speaking with the with the with the Wolverines coaching staff this week, they felt like they had an advantage with him, and I think they used it to the, they clearly used it throughout the game. Um, but yeah, I think Loveland. that. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 no. It was the it was the other guy, Loveland. Oh no, maybe it was Loveland. No, it, it was. Yeah. Okay. Colton Loveland. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think Jim Knowles did a good job of preventing the big play. And I, I like I'm not putting this loss on him because the defense generally did a good job at you know pr- limiting the damage from from Michigan, especially when you're putting a short field on that first touchdown drive where you where McCourt throws the interception. But I was kind of waiting for him to do the same thing as Ryan Day, which was when are you going to be a little bit over aggressive just a couple times to see if you can tip this game in your favor? That was kind of what I was waiting for, and I understood like late late on that last drive. Well, I, actually on that last drive, I thought he had to be. There was moments where I thought he had to be because I was like, you might not even get the ball back here. Like, you got to try to make a play and do something to disrupt J.J. McCarthy or whatever because if you don't get the ball back, game's over. And he didn't do it all game. There wasn't like a, some special blitz dialed up or anything. I don't know. I, I felt like – and I don't know if that's just a reflection of the way Ryan Day calls a game. So he was – it kind of trickles down to your whole coaching staff and everyone was being conservative. But I was kind of waiting for just like one or two moments where, where even Jim Knowles did something different and it didn't seem like it came for that for him either. 
Well, and can we actually put up Perk's comment from earlier? It was like, I think 325 is when he put this up, talking before I think we even started. And he, he said, uh, defense let us down three years in a row. And I got to be honest with you. I, one, um, Michigan ended up having, I think, eight minutes more of clock time than you offensively. To me, that's not on. That, that that's That's really not on Jim Knowles. That was on, you know, that really happened. Ohio State, I think, was even with them until, I want to say, that last drive. And not just that. Ohio State started the game with two three and outs. So they put a, a, a team that I think was ninth in scoring in the first quarter all season long in Michigan. They they were, like, right where they needed to be, and that first touchdown came off the Kyle McCord interception. So, like, I thought they were a little rusty towards kind of the end of the first uh, quarter after Michigan had already scored. But like once you get into the second half, like guys, when when all of a sudden your defense has to get back out there because you had another three and out or because of the big um, Abuka uh, drop or the McCord, you know, force, whatever you want to say it is like, I just don't think the defense was put in a great position. And I think some of that That's is, fair. I think, I think, I think Ryan Day had two different opportunities to run the ball with that same kind of power and precision that we saw on the, on the first Buckeyes drive of the third uh, quarter. And they could have done that after the, the a turnover that didn't happen right after the turnover that led to the touchdown for Michigan to start the game. Um, you end up settling for a field goal there by Jaden fielding. And they could have done that in the second quarter where all of a sudden, like Michigan's up what 14 to three at that point. And it's like, okay, take a time, bring your kids down focused on Travion and just get your offensive line moving to get that physicality going. And I think they probably did it a quarter too late. And I just, I, I think Ryan really, and this is where I think this goes back to the idea of Ryan day doesn't have an identity as a coach because he tries to straddle. Well, we're going to play time of possession football and we're going to run over you and we're going to go ahead and do all those cute things with, with pace. And both things work. The, the Buckeyes scored today both ways, right? Like at, and on the uh, on the, the drive that led up to um, – which drive am I thinking about here? Was it – oh, gosh, math is hard for me. They went hurry up on one drive that, that got them points immediately. Okay. And then they clearly slowed it down at the beginning of the third quarter and got points. The problem is you can't ping back and forth of those – when you're when the opposition clearly has a game plan yeah. and they clearly have a persona and a style of play that that they fall back on you can either match them and decide you're going to run and try and wear down their defense or you can just try and tire them out by going hurry up and like I think Ryan caught in between, well, I really want to go hurry up, but I don't trust the quarterback. And, well, they're, they're getting a couple stops here and there, so maybe we won't go back to the run. At some point, you just need to lock into something and just yeah. go for it. And I, can I just real quick, though, I do want to get to one thing that I think is is goofy. All these John Cooper comparisons to me are asinine. John Cooper started his career. And, guys, I've spent the whole 40 <laughs> minutes destroying Ryan Day. So this is not a defense of Ryan Day. It is if you like John Cooper is for this rivalry the worst head coach since before Woody Hayes. That's how bad John Cooper was. He started his career out with six straight non wins. There were five losses and a tie, and then he proceeded. Even after that, he became uh, he went on and, and lost to them. I think three straight times in the mid nineties. So 
for me, Ryan Day has already beat Michigan, and every one of these games have been close, where some of those games I talked about with John Cooper were blowouts. So I understand the impulse to rush to John Cooper. He's not John Cooper. John Cooper did not win against Michigan until year seven in Columbus. And also, John Cooper did not have the kind of consistent national success that Ryan Day did, having them on the 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 in the playoff window every single year. So, like Ryan Day can be bad, and John Cooper can still be worse. Now, yeah. all this being said, I, I think we are at the highest level of DefCon with Ryan Day. I don't know he does get fired. I don't know he should get fired, but like, I got to be honest with you guys, it's it's now a conversation, and it wasn't before today for me. I think what's what's going to be so hard with this, Nick is, like I said, the context of a lot of things that just surround Ohio State, but also a lot of things that surround college football that are changing as well. Because on one hand, yes, he's lost to Michigan three straight years. Um, but if Jim Harbaugh leaves, what is that? I mean, not, not to say that, like, you keep a guy around because, like, oh, look, that coach is finally gone that owns him. Now he'll, now he'll be good. Like, that shouldn't be a reason you keep around. But I'm just saying, like, there's context there. Like if, if Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, what does that mean for, for Ryan day in terms of maybe getting back into this rivalry and being able to win again? Um, you have the fact that Gene Smith is, is retiring at the end of the season. Now on one hand, Gene Smith seems to be a Ryan day advocate. So he's losing somebody in his corner who has his back. So that's not necessarily good for maybe next year, but is, is Gene Smith on the way out the door going to head up a, a new head coaching search and, be the guy who like if, if he picks the wrong coach now his legacy is okay well you uh you picked you, you left us with a terrible coach that's even worse than ryan day I, like i don't know i don't know where his head's at with all that i guess ultimately his job is going to be whatever the board of directors decides to do because they're the ones who make these decisions um and the boosters and the people with the money but uh yeah like he is that going to be what he wants to do before he leaves there's also the context of the playoff expanding to 12 teams next year and say what you want about Ryan Day. I know he lost to Georgia in the end, but like he coached his ass off in that game against Georgia. And I think that's still something on people's minds that are like, when he gets to the playoffs, he's generally played good games. Like, yeah, he got roasted by Bama the one year, but Bama was just out of this world that season. It was unbelievable. Well, I, like, I don't that. know. I don't know that. And that was a weird year because of the COVID and uh, COVID and all that. But I, I just, I don't know, like with all the context, if he actually gets fired. I think that's the big dilemma here surrounding him is, yeah, you could. I, I do want, I do want to ask this because we're getting some people commenting who seem, it looks like they're Michigan fans, rightfully so. I, I understand why they're coming to chirp in the, the chat of a Ohio State podcast. But I, I can't do really want, be mad. I just yeah, I, I can't be mad either. Won. Like, hey, good, yeah. yeah, good. Congratulations to you. Thanks for being here. We appreciate the views. Um, but I, I do I, like the fact that that Michigan fans, because because here's the thing I think about Nick. I, the thing I compare this to being a Boston Red Sox fan, um, I love that the Yankees keep investing in Aaron Boone because I think Aaron Aaron Boone is a buffoon of a, of a manager. And I always say to my friends that are Yankees fans, I'm like, I hope they keep Aaron Boone for the next decade because that guy ain't it. And we got mm -hmm. Michigan fans chirping in the chat saying, or in the comments, I should say, saying, yeah, go ahead and give Ryan Day an extension. Go ahead and keep him for a long period of time. Does that weigh into this conversation at all? Like the fact that Michigan thinks that they just absolutely – can just keep beating you with Ryan day. Cause they're in his head. How much does that weigh into all this? So there's a lot of context it, it, here. Real quick, real quick. It doesn't 
All right. <laughs> they won a football game. They're chirping. This is what you do when you've won three straight games in a gigantic rivalry. And I actually want to say something because Radu. But, you don't, Twitter, but, but, but I'm taking it beyond just the fan base part of it, though, and like the chirping. And I'm asking, like, is there a really – can you really say at this point that Michigan is just straight up in Ryan Day's head? Like, they own him. Um, or is it just sure. strictly Jim Harbaugh? And if he leaves, then I don't, it won't no, matter I, anymore. I think Ryan Day's in Ryan Day's head. <laughs> I think I, I do like I like this idea that, oh, Jim Harbaugh. No, Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh hate each other. So do I think that adds pressure to this? And do I think now, like, do I think Ryan Day has any more grasp on what it takes to win consistently against Michigan than he did uh, four years ago? No, he hasn't learned his lesson. He hasn't learned to coach with balls. Urban coached with balls. And you can say, well, Tressel was more conservative. Yes, Tressel was consistently conservative. Ryan Day is neither consistently aggressive nor yeah, uh, conservative. He has no identity. So, but like Radu on Twitter James, said. Again, James Franklin, same thing. But Radu they're, they're, on Twitter. They're one and the same. But Radu on uh, comments, not on Twitter, you know, said Day lost to an interim coach today. He doesn't win any big games. And it's like, guys, he beat Clemson in 2020. That's a pretty big game. He did beat Michigan in 2019. He beat Notre Dame earlier this year on the road in South Bend. So the problem isn't he doesn't win big games. The problem right now is he hasn't won a national title and he hasn't beat Michigan since 2019. So I think I think that, like, to me, it's not he doesn't win big games. It's he hasn't won enough big games here recently. Like, yeah. It's what have you done for me lately? I'll, I'll, I'll lose to Notre Dame. Give me Michigan. Right, you can lose, although nobody ever really does to Penn State, but give me the national championship. So you know, to me, for Ryan Day, next year becomes, and I do think there's going to be a next year. I think all this Bally, who I think the only way he really gets fired is if through back channels, Mike Vrabel tells people I'm coming to Columbus, because well, this is this is the next part of the conversation I think we need to have is. The people there's there's a t listen. We're seeing it in the comments. We're seeing it on social media. Whole bunch of people. They got their torches lit. They're waiting for the bus to arrive back in Columbus. They're going to show up with their pitchforks. They're they're ready to run Ryan Day out of town. So that's the question. The question is, okay, if Ryan Day, if you want Ryan Day fired, what is who are you replacing them with? Is, is it strictly Mike? I, I think Vrabel is an is an obvious. An obvious option, and I think most fans would jump at the idea of saying, okay, if, if Mike Vrabel is, is out there and he's available, then yeah, I want Mike Vrabel. Um, is Luke Fickle an option? Is it, it like is is, is is a long it's probably a long shot, but uh is 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 it possible that you you go you, you tap somebody on the the coaching staff? Like I I, I don't know. Um yeah, I know. Real quick, I'm, we're not doing the Hartline thing. I like Brian Hartline a lot, but I think the yeah, Ryan that's where I was Day, going with this. I don't know why I didn't well, just say Brian Hartline, but <laughs> <laughs> respect for all the other coaches, Jim Knowles and whatnot. <laughs> but I, well, here's what I'll say: This is not against Brian Hartline, who I think is a future coaching star in the making. What Ryan Day is showing you is that Ohio State is not a first-time head coaching job. So Ryan Day, guys, he's like 93 percent of the coach you want. The problem is. You need him to be 7% more. And that takes time. That takes opportunities. That takes repeated chances against Michigan. You have to learn as a coach to get better. And I think he's learned in some ways. And like this year, I think he just got caught in the perfect vortex of he didn't address the quarterback position properly. 
And then in that specific game, he got caught between, well, who am I? He had some sort of existential thing. So all all, all due respect to Brian Hartline, but yeah. go to Central Michigan. I'm, and I'm, I'm throwing, go I'm to throwing Cincinnati Radu's, first. I'm throwing go Radu's to Notre comment. Dame first. Yeah. Go to Purdue first. Go somewhere else first. Prove to me you can win. It goes... Uh, thank you, Radu. Yes, this is not. A, yeah, th- that's why I'm throwing it up there because he agrees with you that it's not a first time. Job. Well, hey, you mentioned Notre Dame. Is Marcus Freeman an option? I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just throwing names out there. But it, what's interesting too is like, you mentioned Ryan Day being 93% of what you want because you can look around college football and you could probably find somebody who can do what Ryan Day's doing for you right now, which is wins you a lot of games in the Big Ten but loses to Michigan. Like, is it just flat out time to try it with somebody else because you can get the exact same result with somebody else? Or is it truly, okay, give Ryan Day another shot and see if he can turn it around next year? Okay, so I guess there's two ways to look at this. Oh, by the way, can I answer? I just want to circle back to the the Jim Harbaugh living rent-free in in Ryan Day's head. No, he lives rent-free in the heads of Ohio State fans. And that's, to me... Why I think you could see that's the only plausible reason Ryan Day could get fired is this weird panic of you're never going to beat Michigan again. So I think I think Jim Harbaugh lives rent free in uh, in 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 Ohio State fans heads right now. Now circle back. There's this line of, well, if you fire Ryan Day, who are you going to get to replace him? That's better, which honestly, to me, that shouldn't factor into the equation like. If you're thinking to yourself, well, now might be our only chance to get Mike Vrabel, so we have to fire Ryan Day. No, you don't. There's no, you like, it's not about the coach. It's about the coach and the situation they walk into and the support they have, right? So, like, if you could get Mike Vrabel this offseason, that's great. But you don't just fire Ryan Day to hire Mike Vrabel. You go through an honest-to-God coaching search. And the, yeah. the same is true, though. Like, Ryan Day, if you think he's not the right coach, you shouldn't be fretting over, but who are we going to hire? It's Ohio State, okay? Like, I'm on the fence about firing Ryan Day. This game feels like a fireable game, but I'm on the fence about firing Ryan Day because I think I don't want to fall into the same trap I think everybody else is, which is overreacting. But you mentioned Marcus Freeman. You mentioned Luke Fickle. You mentioned Mike Vrabel. It's Ohio State. If you go out and say, hey, job opening, you can have about any coach you want. Like, you don't even have to be realistic. Like, listen, it's not realistic that a, a NFL head coach in the cushiest job with ultimate job security, it's not realistic that Mike Vrabel would be like, you know what I want? More work, more horse crap, have to learn a whole <laughs> new job and have to go ahead and deal with boosters. It's not like that shouldn't be realistic, but it is because he's Mr. Ohio State and you're Ohio State. So, the, so like, on one hand... Yeah, yeah. How, how soon until... uh. How soon until they start asking Mike Vrabel in his press conferences about if he has any interest in the Ohio State job? You I don't think know that's how, coming up this week? You think that's going to happen? <laughs> how soon will Anthony Lima and Ben Axelrod be attending <laughs> the virtual the press, press conferences. conferences for the Tennessee well, Titans? I, and, and I'll I tell say you, too, that'll be the day. I want to I say, too, like I asked the question about, um, you know, who do you replace him with? I didn't ask that as like, yeah, I'm I'm worried about who you replace him with. I'm asking it sincerely as like, okay, what are the options out there that you think would, would make sense? And I do think well, no. I do think that obviously one of those is Rabel. I think that obviously makes a ton of sense. And the I think there's others is I think it's a common retort of people yeah. trying to defend Ryan Day. And it's like, well, who are you gonna get? 
Like that's a stupid rebuttal. That's not a defensive Ryan Day. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. it's a fear based response. And, and like you honestly, can, you can get pretty much any uh, any coach at, to, to come to Ohio State that you want, other than maybe like Nick Saban or you know some of these other people. <laughs> Wait, real quick, can we get to BB's comment here? Because yeah. I actually kind of love this, and I can't tell if BB is a Michigan fan or an Ohio State fan. But you get bet you get beat by the better team, and you want to fire the coach. Try getting better. I actually don't hate this, by the way. I kind of like. I kind of would like to see Ohio State but and Ryan Day dig deep. On one hand, though, isn't isn't uh, well, I'll say this: isn't sort of the retort to that though that Ohio State kind of was better these last couple years. Like, look at the rosters they've had, Nick. They had C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. in a mech. They have all the top receivers in the damn country. They got Travion Henderson. They got all these great running backs. Like, they have anybody that you could possibly want up and down the roster, and they're still losing to them. So I don't know if it's just trying to shoot up, like, get better. At the end of the day, like, when you have two good teams, a lot of times it does come down to coaching. You know, you kind of know where I stand on this. Like, I'm I'm on the fence with you. Like, I'm not sure if Ryan Day's the guy long-term. I'm really not. But I'm also not fully like, yeah, you know what? Just burn his house down and get him out of town. Like, let's 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 get rid of him. Because I don't know what the right answer is. But I'm also like, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate for the people who are on the side of fire Ryan Day because all these excuses that we can make for him, he also has had plenty of like retorts back in his favor of like, well, why didn't it happen this time? And why didn't it happen that time? What's wrong? Like, how do you get all these top recruits and then you still go out and you lose to Michigan? It's 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 mind boggling on some level. I get that. So what I would say to what you just said is it's the best way of putting it. I dude, I totally blanked. I totally I had like this great thought and it just completely farted. I basically just Ryan Day. <laughs> well, okay. So when it comes to Ryan Day, when it comes to him as coach, you look at this and you say, the last two years, Ohio State was the better team. This year, Ohio State and Michigan were very comparable teams. And I think I think the la- the previous two years, I think Ryan Day was guilty of roster hubris. This year, I think Ryan Day was guilty of, quite frankly, just not having the balls to win this game, this specific game. And so I think that's what scares me about it, is it's like I don't look at the through line for all three losses to be the same thing. He had an opportunity. Listen, you started the game. It definitely seems def- like he took a different approach to this year. Than he did previous years. Like it wasn't like, all right, we're just going to go out and hustle them because we're the better team anymore. I think that is definitely a fair. Not, I was I almost said criticism, but that's not a criticism. I, I think it's fair to say that Day took a different approach to the game this year, and that I think is notable. But it still gives you the same result. And like I said, when you're when you, this is my thing with college football. Like I tell people all the time, for me, college football is better than the NFL because I think just like the 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 aura around it with the fans and just the, the games, every moment is so tense and there's so many different things. And it's not a perfect pro- product. Like you, you saw today, you get kickers missing field goals in the NFL. It's like almost automatic. You can go get it. You can go make yourself a sandwich when the field goal kickers on the field. Like, I don't know. There's just some beauty in the imperfections of it is why I love it. And on top of that, I also always say, cause people, people throw back at me when I say that, well, you get all these blowouts and it's not really fun. Okay. Fair. But I think when you get two evenly matched teams in college football, those games are always more epic to me 
than any like NFL Sunday games that you've ever put on the slate to me. That, that's just my opinion on it. And that's where I said, and when you realize that and you look at these, it, it, the intricacies of these matchups, sometimes when you get to evenly matched teams, which like we already talked about, I think today we saw two very evenly matched teams, similar styles and everything. When you talk about that, it does come down to coaching. And so that's where I think the, the roadblock is for a lot of fans is like, listen, Ryan Day does a lot of things well. We have, we obviously have said, and we agree, he doesn't necessarily have an identity offensively. Sometimes he's too aggressive or sometimes he's aggressive. Sometimes he's not. It, when it comes down to those moments and those singular times in games where you're winning, you're trying to win the big one against a, an opponent that's on the same playing field as you or in that same aura as you in terms of being a great team, what is the difference between winning and losing? And if it's your head coach, I can understand that. Like Ohio State has a standard that they're trying to meet. So I think that is why it's 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 not a cut and dry conversation because there's a lot of reasons to say, yeah, keep Ryan Day. And we've laid out a lot of those, the context around what's going to happen next year. Like, like th- next year, we might be Ohio, he might lose to Michigan again and they could still make the playoff. They will probably still make the playoff. And then guess what? If they go out and they go and they go to the national championship game, he's probably safe again. And so again, like the, the context matters here, but I just don't know like what the full fledged answer is, because I do think there's probably a lot of coaches out there that could do exactly what Ryan Day's doing because you learn any great coach to Ohio state. I want to know like, what's the one that gives you that 7% that you're talking about. Is it Mike Vrabel? If so, great. Which means you're not firing him today because you got to wait until you, you got to get you. If you if you have your eyes on Mike Vrabel, you have to be a hundred percent certain that he's done in Tennessee. Like that has to be clear cut to you because if that's if you're going for the big fish and you don't land the big fish, then you're you're shit out of luck. So I, I'm with you. Like you don't just fire him to hope that you get Mike Vrabel. You got to know what's happening. But I well, I I don't know. Well, here's what here's what I'll tell you. Um, the nasty part of the NFL is a lot of coaches already understand where they're going to be next year, True. right? Bill Belichick has a pr- like about 90% sure whether he'll be in New England, whether he'll be, um, I don't know, doing the uh, walk of shame out of another Boston Cougars um, apartment and get caught on the door cam or whether he'll be in Washington next year. And yeah. so I, th- I oh. think, I think there's an indication, I'm sorry, not externally, but there absolutely are you know, kind of overtures. And he, listen, here's, as I'm on the fence, may I just give, all Ohio State fans who are pissed about this loss, and I started this by by ripping Ryan Day a new butthole. So I understand that I am one of you, okay? But it is really easy to – it's not about, well, who's going to coach this team. No, no, no. It's about can you get the right person to coach the team if you fire Ryan Day. Yeah. And that's not an easy answer. It is, I think it is much easier to take a great coach. and well, let's, say, let's say Ryan Day is a – Really good coach, but not a great coach. Okay. He's a great CEO, but maybe we should give up play calling, right? Like we, we can quibble over what he is, but let's say he's a really good coach, not a great coach. I think it's equally easy to go from a really good coach to an average coach than it is to maybe go from a really good coach to a great coach. Again, that is not why you why you don't fire the man. But I just think there's a lot of people throwing this around like it's the easy card to play. There's nothing easy yeah. about where Ohio no, State no, is. I agree. The gap agree. between them and where they want to be is actually pretty nil. So the question you're asking yourself is, do we just feel like that gap is wide or is that gap really truly just a quarterback? Or is it really truly just getting Ryan Day more help or changing the terms or whatever? Is this, and I think is that's this like LeBron James. He needs more help. Well, but I think, but I, 
<laughs> good one. But I do think that's like the catch 22 of what boosters has to be, have to be asking themselves. And this is why you don't do it today on the tarmac, like Lane Lane Kiffin, and you don't do it for several weeks. Listen, search your feelings. You will know what, what is to be true when you search your feelings. But beyond that, you need to really kind of logically think about this. If you're Ohio state fans are not going to be logical. But I think because Gene Smith is is going to be retiring in June, I think the worst thing you could do is is Gene Smith hiring the next head coach, and then that we it's 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 the tale oldest time. That new AD is going to come in and be like, well, but I didn't hire you. And and we can say, yeah. oh no, he won't, or it doesn't work like that. Or it works that way well, everywhere. Hey, you want to you want to you, you make reference to that as we talk about Mike Vrabel as a potential replacement option if Ryan Day's fired. Same thing applies there, right? They had a new GM come in and ran Carthen last year. If the, the Titans aren't really in the playoff picture right now, that and that's where I think there's probably some intrigue to that storyline is because if the if things continue to go south for the Titans, then, yeah, maybe there's a real consideration that they're going to move on from Mike Vrabel because new GM wants to bring in his own head coach. So I, I think that's an interesting conversation too. But you're right. You equate it to the NFL level. Same thing applies if the person didn't hire you, they have no loyalty to you. They might just decide to move on from you. So, all yeah. right. With all of this going on, we still have the Michigan panic meter, which will be uh, raised to half mast in, in, in honor of this Ohio state loss. We have to get to love it, like it, love it, like it, it and leave it. Um, if you guys want to drop, can we yours talk about Marvin Harrison's Heisman odds now too? Um, I think it will be a moment for that. Okay. I, I, I don't think this game does much for that. No. Well, that's that's why I want to talk about it. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, in the next segment, we can we can pause and then talk about it in the next segment. All right. Give us your love it, like it, and leave <laughs> it. But first, a, a message from our sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I know you just saw the message, but <laughs> we are a new podcast here, trying to get some traction here. So if you could rate, follow, subscribe the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. If you wanted to do it in multiple spots, we'd love you even more. Um, let's get to the Michigan panic meter before we do anything. Now, if you guys know, um, gray is the least level of panic. Scarlet is the uh, the highest level of panic. And then it goes light gray, white light scarlet in between and as you lost to michigan as they are going to the big 10 title game and as you uh need a little bit of luck to get to the playoffs we now both in in solidarity in full-blown panic 
we both move ours to the uh, to the full scarlet. There, there we are. Michigan, Michigan pushed us there. There we are. Yeah, I, I, there's no dispute in it. We have to, we have to be in the scarlet. The question will be how long are we in the scarlet? So that'll be interesting. Uh, it depends if they get to make the playoffs. Because here's the thing, I think Ohio State did show happen. today. If no, stop that. Stop, there's, stop, dude. Nick, there's, much, there's so many things. Money? So many things have to happen for them to get in with one loss as not a non-conference champ. Like they, they need Florida State. Obviously, has to lose at some point in the next two weeks. Um, they need Texas to lose in the in the Big Twelve championship game. They definitely need Bama can't beat Georgia, and they need Washington to beat Oregon again. Though the, all those things have to happen for them to get in, because you know two of the spots are pretty much locked up as long as as long as Mich- unless Iowa somehow pulls a rabbit out of a hat. Come on, Brian Ferentz, do this for Ohio. For once in your life, Brian Ferentz, score more than 13 goddamn points. Okay. Give us a chance that that Michigan doesn't, that Michigan takes an L. But other than that, like they they have no shot. No, stop that. It's Ohio State. (laughs) Their one loss is a six point loss on the road to a Michigan in Ann Arbor. Okay. Like, I'm just telling you, I'm not saying it's the most likely thing to happen. And everything. It's not that Ohio State needs. It would be beneficial to Ohio State if Texas lost in the Big 12 title game to a two-loss Oklahoma State. A- Alabama absolutely does have to lose to to Georgia because then things get get wonky. Then you're, with, you're, with you're putting two SEC yeah. teams in, I think, over. But like honestly, Washington winning these are things that help you. I'm just going to tell you, I- I'm not trying to be Tony. I'm not trying to be Benedict Cumberbatch in Endgame here, holding up the one. There's one scenario. But I'm going to tell you, there's about seven scenarios out of like 50. But don't be so – I'm going to tell you right now, you're being far too dismissive about Ohio State. The committee has shown they love them some Ohio State. Now, real quick, Marvin Harrison, 118 yards and a touchdown. What did you think about his performance today and and what it does for his Heisman hopes? And the the reason I wanted to talk about this was because we talked a lot in the weeks leading up to this game that his Heisman – opportunity came this game like if he had a big game against Michigan then he's probably in line to win it if not the favorite to win it even as a receiver just because of every like like Ohio State being that high profile team beating Michigan on the road that being the thing that propels them into the playoffs all these different things like this was it and and what's interesting Nick the thing that sucks like doubly when you lose about them losing this game is like that goes out the window now because they lose, but man, he put up numbers 118 on five receptions in the touchdown. Like I honestly think if, if they somehow pull that out on the last drive, especially if like he scores the game winning touchdown, th- these are the things that were running through my head on that last drive. Nick, we're like, you're going to get down there. There's going to be another touchdown pass to Marvin Harrison jr. And he's going to lock up the Heisman. And then it all fell apart, obviously with the interception. And he was looking to Marvin Harrison jr. On that play for what it's worth. But yeah, like it just sucks that that goes out the window too, because man, like that there was such a moment there at the end to have that be the end result that you win the game on a last minute drive, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. gets a a sort of Heisman cementing touchdown, and to not get that obviously hurts. But I mean, he had the game you needed. He had the game you needed against that team, the your, your biggest game of the season, biggest moment of the season. You talk about Heisman moments. He lived up to that with that amazing catch he had alone. 
but it just, you know, it, it's it's unlikely he's going to win it now because of just the outcome of the game. So it's so much riding on just that whole this whole game in general, which stinks. Yeah, I got some I got some long odds about seven weeks ago, and I had a I had a like free fifty dollar bet riding on this one that would have been really nice. So I'm I'm in mourning. I'm in mourning right now <laughs> with the uh, Marvin for Heisman odds. There. All right, let's get to love it, like it, and leave it. Um, love it, Marvin Harrison Jr. I just the the dude really is like all year long. Um, you know, everybody else around him had iffy games. I, I know Marvin had some statistical games where he wasn't the best, but watch the tape. I mean, all the time getting double, triple teamed, getting all that attention. And today against a let's say it again, a great Michigan team, he went out there and was able to snag 118 yards and a touchdown. And the only reason any of us thought Ohio State could win on that final drive was Marvin Harrison Jr. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Marvin for me is my love it. I'm gonna fall. I mean, I, I just gave a whole soliloquy about how he almost won the high. He he would have won the Heisman if Ohio State wins this game. So I'll I'll, I'll go with uh, Marvin Harrison as well. He was fantastic today, um, and I thought uh, again he was kind of the X factor on that last drive. He was the reason you thought they had a chance to go down with the, with the long field. You had to go 81 yards to try to win it. He's the reason you thought you had a chance. Even with Kyle McCord, it was like, oh, he's the reason. And I think more so than anything. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. with a love it because this was his last game at Ohio State. and Well, maybe not his last game. He may play in a bowl game, but I'm guessing he might sit that out if they don't make the playoff because um, a lot of these guys do, which I'll do like, total respect for it. I can't blame him. Um, but because it's probably his last game at Ohio State, I think he just deserves a love it for not only today, but just for the entire season. Like as an Ohio State fan, it has been – there's certain players that come through, Nick, that you just feel like honored to have been able to watch for all the time that they were here. I think CJ Stroud is one of those guys, especially now that he's tearing it up in the NFL. I think Marvin Harrison is in that same bucket. Like just a dude who you feel grateful you got to see play at the highest level and, and the plays that he made. And it sucks that a, he got knocked out of the Georgia game. We didn't get to see like a prophecy fulfilled there last year, probably because of that. And it may be a big moment in his life and in, in, in time at Ohio state, but also that they come up short this year because he really could have cemented the the Heisman today, and that would have been like a huge legacy left, obviously, by him as well. So it sucks that he doesn't have the hardware to go along with it. All right, that brings us to uh, like it, Jack Sawyer, Tyleek Williams. Um, we didn't really get to call Tui Molo's name a whole lot today. He made a few um, plays. He, he, well, he, he did. He, he, he also stopped a, a big screenplay and, and did a couple other things. But I know, so. the reality is, Jack Sawyer has been a different player the last couple games. Agreed. And Tyleek Williams has just been consistently. I don't know that Tyleek's ever had a game where I'm like, he was your best player. But I feel like almost every game, I've been like, man, he was your second best player or third best player on defense. So both those guys, I thought, played great today. And I just thought. Um, they made some, they not just, not only did they make plays and they, they made plays when you needed plays, including against uh, Blake Corum. And I just kudos to those two young men. And, and honestly, the defense in general, like really guys, you gave up, um, you really gave up 23 points against a really good Michigan team, a great Michigan team, because those seven points are not on you. Yeah, so I got, thought they got, they that, that, if you, if you give up only 23 points in this game, you should be able to win the damn game. And honestly, Take that touchdown off the board. You win by one point. The defense did its job today. Uh, I'm going to say I like Ryan Day's. I know we spent the whole show ripping Ryan Day, but I'm going to say the set the second half play calling. I really thought was good. I, 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 I'm 
You disagree with that? Like, the, other than the three and out, I thought they put together some really good drives. I thought they were creative. They had the one, like, third down and long where Xavier Johnson got the handoff. He he had some moments in that second half where he had this offense in position to, to win this game, and the team was making plays. Uh, I, I, I was impressed by the way – I'm not saying he didn't cost them the game. I think that, that end of the half sequence alone in the game, but I, I – partially. But I, I think that he – he he let it all hang out, I think, a little bit more in the second half, and that showed. And it obviously was just not enough to come up with, with the win in the end. I I, I don't know. You I, get I, it there, Ryan. Good for you. Here's a hair tussle for you, Ryan Day. Listen, I'm you not, tried. I, you had some I am, moments. I am not backing down or backing off of the fact that I think Ryan Day was still largely coaching with his uh, – with very clenched throughout this game. I'm Before, just saying that, that in a game where, like – let me okay, maybe a better way to put it is this. Like I talked about earlier in the show, in the past, Ohio State has quit when they've gotten down like two scores to this team. And I thought the fact that the the fight that they, he's talked about all season was there, and the fact that they obviously they 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 believe that they still had a chance to win it, and they kept coming back and coming and putting together touchdown drives and scoring drives, I think was a uh, a, a good thing to see. So I'm, I'm going to say that I like generally. What happened with the offensive side of the ball in the second half? I'm not going to put it on Ryan Day. I'm just going to say offensively, I thought there were some good things. I like the eight the eight consecutive runs to score the touchdown out of the half. That type of stuff. There were some good thing, things that happened. Your child is laughing at your Ryan Day second <laughs> half take. I heard your child. He's like, man, can you believe Dad's on it again? Dad's on the bullshit again. Talking about Ryan Day. Had some moments. All right, let's go to leave it. And we do have Radu saying. Um. Oh, yeah. Damn. Thank you, Radu. Thank you. No, that's not the one I was going to. He said well, he... I'm going to that one because he has my back on this. He did think Ryan Day dialed up some plays in the second half. Thank you. I wasn't sold on. Wait, I don't think that's what that said. He said I wasn't sold on Ryan Day plays dialed up in in second half. Mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe we need more context here, but I think <laughs> he's actually disagreeing with you. I was talking about his leave it, which is saying Mirko can leave it. Um, although it's M I. <laughs> rco that's tough to say um yeah no Mirko had a rough day at the office that was it was yeah. a bad day to have a bad day my leave it is just the next month to six weeks in ohio state football talk like it's just gonna be nightmare i mean we're gonna have to have real hard conversations about kyle mccord we have to obviously the the ryan day stuff doesn't stop here we're gonna have to see marvin and probably abuka and a couple other dudes go off to the nfl travion go off to the nfl and it just it's this is a back to the drawing board moment and ohio state's really not in that rough a position right that there's there's talent here you can be better next year but like Man, it is just a defeating feeling losing to Michigan the third straight year. And and I, you know what else I'm going to have to leave it here? Good for you, Michigan. That's a hell of a win, right? You, you don't have to we, – we quibbled with all the stuff here. Michigan was a better team today. And that's not easy to say, but the reality is Michigan was the better team and has been for three years. And this year, I felt like the talent gap between Michigan and Ohio State was nil. I think it's as close as it's been – in 20 years and they were still the better team. It didn't matter. And so kudos to them. And I, I long for the day where I can leave it with, uh, with an L to Michigan. Uh, uh, to backtrack slightly. I also think, I just want to say, I like the fact that the rivalry feels like it's back. Um, 
I mean, we talked about ad nauseum in the the sort of pre the game show that we did earlier in the week. But the fact that like you have this hatred between the two coaches feels like there's just so much buzz around this matchup now than there used to be. Like when Ohio State was winning every single year, yeah, it was fun for us, but it it, it wasn't as enjoyable of a matchup because you knew what was going to happen. You kind of knew what the result was going to be. So the fact that we now have a, a true uh, like the rivalry feels truly like it's 100 percent back. So I do like that about this as well. My leave it is going to be, I think everything you said is good. I, I'm going to say leave Ryan Day in Penn State because him and James Franklin are one and the same. Just drop them off on the way. I mean, no, it's not It's not really – it's kind of out of the way on their trip home, but you might as well just like parachute them out of the airplane. You can leave them in Happy Valley. That's where I would leave. All right, one quick um, additional love it here. I watched the Gene Smith sideline interaction with a Michigan official. Uh, official. About 15 times over. Now, Gene Smith cannot be younger than 65. And Gene Smith was ready to drop the people's elbow on that clown. And uh, he was about ready to turn that jabroni into mincemeat. So kudos to Gene Smith. The man's retiring in six months. And he was willing to do 20 years to life to smack a bitch. And that made me quite happy. (laughs) All right, guys. Of course, we will have um, our... Tuesday reaction show coming up as we continue to move away from the Michigan loss here. Uh, at some point, we're going to do kind of a regular season retrospective as well. Follow us at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore. Please make sure to rate, subs- uh, rate, subscribe, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Kudos to Michigan. Go Buck Spencer. Do I have to say that? Do I have to say kudos to Michigan? Yeah, you probably should. They won. Nah, I'm not going to do it. You can't make That's- me do it. That, that's a bitch move. They won, but they can't. I love you. I love you. I got to say it. That's a bitch move. <laughs> Come on. It's not, it doesn't feel good, but sometimes the truth doesn't hey, feel good. At least I'm not crying on the, on uh, the, the, the live stream here and pulling a Sharon more. So yet, yet. Yeah. Well, Go we Bucks. don't know what, we don't know what's going to happen when I get off the air. So <laughs> thanks right. guys. Be good guys.